Hello and welcome to the Video Games Bin. I'm your host, Rob Zakes. I'm rocking it solo for today, but only for a short time. Uh, I've got some guests on to talk about their upcoming video game, Distoria, which is coming out February 21st. Uh, first up, I'd like to kind of take a minute to explain why we haven't been on in a while. And it's mainly been due to um, creative differences. Uh, we kind of had to break up the band for a little while there. Um, but hopefully it seems like those sorts of problems are going away and, and we've been talking a lot more about perhaps bringing you back. Um, although whether that happens is yet to be seen. Uh, we are currently streaming every weekend. Uh, we've started a uh, video series on Twitch uh, called Crawlers, uh, spelled, well, Crawlers with a Z, exclamation point. That's how you know we're extreme. And um, so we're, we're doing that on Twitch at our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash video gamesmen. I'm also posting those and archiving them on youtube.com forward slash the video gamesmen. So you can follow us on either site or both uh, would be preferable if you want to, you know, get the latest updates. Now, I've decided to start interviewing people for the podcast, and uh, I've done it in the past, as faithful listeners will know, but it'll probably take a little more precedence from now on. Uh, I've been trying to find a good way to cover games in a way that makes sense for a podcast, and honestly, I feel that interviews uh, are generally the best way to do that. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to just drop you right in. I'm here uh, speaking with um, Daryl and uh, Dan, was it? or No, Daryl and Craig. Daryl and Dan, Craig. Dan is our PR guy. Dan was the PR guy. I'm, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you guys are making uh, or made, or you are releasing Distoria. Uh, yeah. Can you but, tell me? What, what, what is, uh, before we get into the game itself, what, what does Distoria as a name mean? Uh, you know what, it was actually kind of a combination of, you know, the word disorienting um, and dystopia and distortion. Kind of, we kind of, those were themes that we kind of were going with, and it all kind of fell into uh, the name dystoria. We wanted to have something that we made up, so that's what we found. Uh, interesting. Um, what, um, what, uh, what are your personal histories? Uh, did you start out, this is an indie game, did you start out doing indie game development? Um. Um, for me, uh, Daryl, I'm this. This is my first indie game, and uh, like I started out as a musician, and I've been doing studio work and all that kind of stuff for years, and uh, just more of an artist type. And then when I met Craig, um, he'd been like into video games, want, and you know, researching engines and learning all kinds of stuff about game dev. And he's a modeler and had you know taken classes on 3D modeling and stuff like that, which I can let you talk about later if you want. Craig's yeah. a bit shy; don't mind him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when we met and we were talking about maybe working on video games, um, I had never even seen Unity or opened up a copy or anything like that. And so we just kind of started from scratch. And, uh, yeah, learned as we went along. We started with a, a game that we were originally working on called Hillville, but you know, your first game, the scope gets way too big, too easy, so we kind of moved on from that pretty quickly. Uh, but that was a great learning experience, and then when, when we had the idea for Distoria, it just kind of caught fire, and we've been going great guns on it ever since. So, yeah. <clears throat> so Distoria, it, it seems like it's a third-person kind of shooter where you uh, pilot a uh, spacecraft of some sort. 
there's uh, a gravity mechanic from what I can tell, and generally, I was just curious, uh, uh, one of the things I read about the game cited Super Mario Galaxy and Descent as influences on, on the game mechanics. Um, what 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 is what is the gameplay of this game, and what kind of brought you to it? Um, yeah, you're correct. Uh, Descent was an influence with the six degrees of, of freedom, so kind of going any direction thing. And then uh, the Super Mario Galaxy influence is more that instead of you going through you know open space, that you're actually coupled to the surface of whatever you're on. So your ship orients itself to whatever surface that you're aligned to. I'm doing hand gestures here, but you can't tell. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that was those kind of two influences um, kind of mixed together there. The idea actually came from a friend of mine, uh, Jay Martins, and uh, I've known him since childhood, and he's always been a great ideas guy. And so he just, uh, we were hanging out one day, and he had this idea for, <clears throat> you know, a game where you would be on a cube of some sort, and just, you know, whichever way you go, the, the cube would reorient itself so that every new surface is a different uh, different plane. And uh, we prototyped it in an afternoon, and, and it it was pretty blocky and crappy looking, but um, I came back and showed Craig, and he loved it, and so we decided to turn it into something. So, And both being lovers of sci-fi games, um, there was kind of no question that we wanted to do a space game, so that sort of fell into place pretty easily there. So, um, What yeah. other influences, other than video games, do you have for this? Uh, does um, Distoria kind of take from? I, I noticed there are some similarities to uh, The Last Starfighter. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're a big fan of the 80s. We we were 80s kids, and uh, a lot of uh, sci-fi pop culture definitely influenced uh, Distoria. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, The Last Starfighter is definitely an influence, and things like Tron and uh, Star Wars and all that kind of, yeah. Yeah, the early 80s, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you would remember. How old are you? I am 25, so I don't remember the 80s at all. <laughs> oh, okay, we're feeling old now. But anyways, there was an arcade game in the 80s of Star Wars. And oh, I know this... that game, yeah. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. The graphics one. Cool, that, yeah, the line art, and it was all primary colors. And, you know, as a kid, I mean, it was the first 3D-style game that I'd seen, you know, and it blew my mind and has always kind of stuck with me as, like, I think I remember it looking way more amazing than it actually does. But, you know, back in the 80s, we were pretty easy to impress, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's a great game. Uh, that, that, that game is excellent. Um, with its kind of, like, it's such a harsh look at times. It was, is, yeah. Is that the sort of thing you wanted to go with, with go for with the story, was to create that sort of, I mean, not even just the vibe of the 80s, but generally that very, like, specific feeling of when you, like, see those, those lines and everything? Uh, yeah, I mean, nostalgia is a huge thing for us. Like, we're, we're really hoping that this game stirs up nostalgia in people. The soundtrack is very 80s sounding. It's all new, but it's 80s, right? Um, but, yeah, with the the graphic style, like, specifically, we, you know, we love retro games, but we wanted to go the route of not being, you know, a pixelated graphics and chiptune music that's been done. And those are great games, in the, but it's just been done to death. We wanted to kind of imagine this game with a, enough eye candy that if we'd seen it in the 80s, we would have kind of crapped our pants, right? So um, that's that's the basic feel that we were going for, at least anyways. Now, with um, now with the story's look, uh, 
you know, citing the Star Wars arcade game um, and, and Tron, uh, to me, it seems clear that the 80s influence is there. What would you, how would you get that those feelings across? Like, do you think those feelings transfer to someone who uh, wasn't around or, or cognizant um, during that era and for whatever reason hasn't really interacted with the media from that time? Like, what... What do you what do you like see as their uh, kind of buying for the game stylistically? Um, I would yeah, I guess stylistically it's hard to say. I can't say whether somebody that wasn't alive for the '80s is actually gonna you know have those same nostalgic triggers that we do. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, as far as a modern game goes, it's still. Like, like I mean, it handles really well. It handles like a like a new generation shooter that yeah, everything is very maneuverable and very responsive. Um, you know, we get pretty high frame rates on pretty low end machines. Um, so in that sense, you know, it'll it'll feel really good whether you were part of the '80s or not. And then the sound and the music is a, is a huge part, I think. Of you know, I mean, if you weren't alive in the the '70s, you can still recognize '70s music. I think it's the same with this. Um, you know, really worked hard to kind of capture that vibe, but still bring it into the the future. So there's, you know, it's high quality sound, but it's just as reminiscent of a of an older era that synthwave kind of soundtrack. So. Yeah, and definitely like the new Tron. I'm sure you're aware of the sequel. I'm well, aware of all Tron. I Tron yeah. is my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, I see a recognizer in there as one of the shirts. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so just saw the new Tron and, trailer. Uh, there's a new Tron trailer? Yeah, it's uh man, I was just looking at it at lunchtime today. I can't even remember the name of it now, but I was pretty stoked to see that. They're coming out with another one. Oh, I didn't know this. Um I'll have to look into that. I, I didn't realize that was a thing. Um I've worded that badly because obviously people will like interact with eighties stuff. I guess I was just more curious if you thought that with the eighties aesthetic and, and the sort of updating that Distoria goes for like, is there, um, do you think that there's something to that that trans, I, the way I should have worded that is, do you think there is something to that that transcends uh, the 80s nostalgia? Like, Right, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, honestly, it, it, you have to just try something and, and do it and see whether it works or not. You know, one of the comments that we get a lot from, um, YouTubers are the few people that have played this ahead of time is like, wow, I've just never played a game like this before. So, um, so yeah, I think in, in a lot of ways we're kind of breaking new ground, which can be awesome or it could just be shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, I'm, I'm hoping for the, the first one, but, um, but yeah, we'll see, I guess the only time will tell, I really can't answer that to, to say honestly. So, So with um, so changing gears a little bit, you, you mentioned how how uniquely it plays, um, and kind of the genesis of the idea. Were there any like struggles that you ran into implementing this uh, gameplay style while you were designing it? Oh man, like a ton. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually a really difficult way to design a game because um, you know most game engines like we're just using Unity. Um, and most game engines are set up so that your character is always upright. Um, right out of the box, they, they don't support that whole axis shifting thing. They want to use gravity and, and all that kind of stuff. And so you really have to kind of do a lot of workarounds to get around that and just not use a lot of those systems. Um, 
which is cool. I mean, it was, it was definitely challenging, um, but having the camera even work well with the ship and still be nice and smooth, but follow it without flipping over on its head and stuff like that, because it always wants to be upright uh, for whatever reason in, in Unity, you know. Um, yeah, those were some pretty big challenges. And then I would say from the level design point of view, um, you have to be really careful with the level design because it gets disorienting really quickly. So we, you know, we ended up iterating tons and tons of levels until we kind of got a balance between being slightly disorienting with being, you know, a little bit linear, a little bit open in some places, you know, as the game progresses, I think you get used to it a little bit more. Um, but the, the fact is, like, when you put a cube down and you can go on all six sides, you only have one block, but you have, like, six different areas, you know. So when you kind of build that into a map, if you go underneath, you know, the player immediately is like, well, I can go anywhere. I'm going to go underneath this this thing. So they do, and then you have to make sure there's something there for them to do, and there's enemies that are, you know, stuck on the bottom of it or on the sides or, or whatever. Um yeah, it, it's definitely a unique challenge and one that I I haven't really seen done before, to be honest. So, and another challenging thing was um, we designed it so that the ships actually only shoot straight ahead, and that was a deliberate limitation. So there's no there's no aiming like up and down and just kind of looking around from wherever you are. Um, so in that regard, like there's certain places that you can shoot from and hit your enemy, and there's certain places that you can't. Uh, but your enemies don't necessarily have that same restraint. So you've got to end up using the environment as your cover. You kind of, you know, if something is attacking you from above, you have to quickly find an edge, flip over it and get underneath, and then, you know, wait for it to come find you, and then you take it out. So it, it definitely promotes some interesting gameplay that, that uh, makes you think and use your head a lot more. How have you seen, like, when, when you've had people uh, test it, like, how have you seen them tackle... Uh, learning this new style? <laughs> it, uh, you know what? Honestly, it varies. It, it's almost made me think that there's two kinds of people. There's the ones that are totally fine being flipped on their heads and the ones that that don't quite get it or maybe take a lot longer to get it. Um, I'm definitely one of the ones that actually took a lot longer to get it, but um, once you're comfortable with it, then you hardly even notice it anymore, which is really interesting. Um, but as far as the way people react to it, you know, there's... <laughs> some totally take it in stride and some actually are like screaming and whoa oh my gosh what's going on and you know that kind of stuff and it's actually really fun to watch so did you did you find that people's game history might have affected that like did, if you played it if someone who played less games played it would they have had an easier or harder time or vice versa you know i wouldn't uh, necessarily agree with that um yeah, I, I I mean, in some cases that's definitely true if you're if you're a gamer, um, you know. Um, but I, I we've seen people struggle that are are really hardcore gamers and they're still taking a while before they are comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah well, that's I, what I'm kind of curious about. Like, is yeah. it, is familiarity like with like is expectation the like the the harder aspect rather than someone who maybe doesn't play games as much fi might find like having to just adopt new ideas easier because they are generally do generally having to adopt new ideas when they play a new game uh, versus somebody who's played more. And I was just curious if you'd notice a relationship in that, like or a correlation generally. Uh, That's a good question, yeah. Um, you know what it is? It's interesting, yeah, like Craig was saying, 
some some experienced players didn't get it right away and and kind of you know we've seen them fumble through it a little bit before they finally catch on whereas like my eight-year-old daughter who plays minecraft and that's about it um she'll sit down with it and and blaze right through as long as not too much stuff is shooting at her you know and (laughs) um as far as the orientation goes and learning her way around she's actually really intuitive with it so yeah it, it it's it seems hard to predict who who's going to get it and who doesn't so yeah kind of on the fence about that one yeah we definitely had some longer uh playthroughs by some players that led us down the path that oh this game is pretty long and then we've had people play it and finish it and we're like okay how how did they do that so uh like my niece for instance played through a section that i thought would take a lot longer and she picked it up right away. That was the first time playing it. So um, it, it is kind of a hard one. Yeah, it's a bit of an anomaly. Yeah. It, we've discovered all kinds of weird stuff with this game. So so we'll wait and see where it goes, I guess. Now, I, I noticed that there's obviously there's the parts of the game that we've discussed, the shooting. Uh, I also saw that there was a what looked like a bit of interest sequence in the trailer as well as some parts uh, where a character in first person is walking around. What is the structure of this game? Um, well, it starts with a cutscene of a, a kid approaching a, an arcade cabinet that appeared out of nowhere in a, in a back alley, and then he gets abducted by a UFO. So, you know, it's sort of they're using the, <laughs> the arcade cabinet as bait and then sucking this kid up. Um, and then you, you land on a big mothership and you wake up in a room and uh, you you know, there's a, there's a computer there with a little welcome message and then a kiosk where you can kind of select your ship and just get started right away. Um, and so there is a story progression as you, you communicate through the computer terminal and, uh, and through, you know, there's a pop-up one in your ship as well at the end of some of the levels um, where you find out why you're there, what the purpose is, and, and, and how that story kind of progresses. So... Um, so yeah, it is. It's loosely story based, but I, I wouldn't say it's story heavy. You could you could play through the game without reading any of the story, and it would be just it would be lots of fun. The story kind of is the glue that brings it together, and uh, you know that and that's where some of the the real '80s feel comes into. I mean, a lot of the the arcade games back then, you know, they they would have to make up some weird story just to explain why their game had you, you know, running around with a club in a <laughs> you know, in a jungle where there's goblins or something like that, you know, they would just have to kind of cram a story in to fit their, their weird mechanic. And we kind of, you know, I love that. that. That was actually like a fun, you know, cheesy part of video games that, that I actually really love. So um, it, it maybe sort of has that, that feel to it, hopefully with a little more polish than they did in the 80s. But what, uh, what were you, what, How are the main ways that you, you cited an arcade uh, cabinet, but how were the main ways that you mostly played video games uh, in the 80s? Were you uh, like on the NES? Were you doing the like, Commodore 64? Um, you go sure. ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely you know, definitely had some arcade experience, but honestly my um, most of my experience is, is uh, just getting you know, the, the Nintendo Entertainment System for Christmas and and really getting sucked into that world. I mean, there was Atari and Coleco and all that stuff before, but it, um, the Nintendo just uh, brought brought it all together for me. And then, you know, seeing every iteration of Nintendo and other consoles come out, 
um, you know, from the eighties into the, the mid nineties, there was a lot of, a lot of leaps and bounds that really blew everyone's mind, you know? So as far as technology and, uh, and all that. So is, is, is that experience what ultimately kind of led you to programming and making games? So yeah, I'm the 3D modeler. So yeah, just playing games. Even as a kid, I've always dreamed of, of making my own game. Um, I did fool around a little bit with basic back in the early nineties, but, um, I'm not really the programmer. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I end up with, um, a lot of ideas and, and, um, and that's kind of me and I, I make the 3d models and yeah, I've always wanted to get into this. So it's, it's kind of a dream right now. Yeah. For me as well, I think too. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I was going to, I wasn't sure whether you finished. I was going to ask a follow up question, but I'd like to hear more. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for me, um, uh, I actually wasn't allowed to play video games when I was a kid. So that was kind of funny. Um, but I was very drawn to them and they occasionally, you know, like one of my friends had a Nintendo, one had a, had a Sega, uh, another one had an Atari. And then, you know, finally my parents broke down and got us a computer. And so we played a lot of computer games on the old Apple II. Um, and I started programming on a VIC 20, I guess at some point, like, you know, as a little, little kid. Um, so, you know, there, there was a little bit of a background there, but that, you know, as far as the arcade thing goes, um, you know, that, that was the one place in town. It was a very conservative family in a very conservative town. And so there's this arcade and none of us little kids were allowed to go there. And so naturally that's what we did. Any chance we got, we'd go to the arcade and, and just hang out there and play all the games. And it was awesome. So that's why, you know, I have great memories of, of that. And you feel like you're getting away with something, just playing video games, which <laughs> makes it that much more exciting. Right. Um, but as far as, you know, I didn't actually think that I could make games. I thought that was on par with, like, being an astronaut. You know, if you make video games, like, you know, you might as well be a Formula One driver. Um, so it, it, for me, it didn't seem accessible. But now that the tools are so accessible and amazing and, uh, you know, and I found once I started learning programming, I found that it actually came relatively easy, which is great. I didn't think that was something that I could do. Um, it's just, yeah, this is probably the funnest thing that I've ever done in my life so is is that um, do you think that that making like having it be kind of uh, excluded something you had to kind of go out of your way to play for a while did that ultimately make it you mentioned it made it more enticing did that uh, did that uh, influence any of your uh, design later on like did you consider have you considered that you know, some people might play your game not being allowed to play the video games, but sneaking it in? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's certainly nothing scandalous in this video game that you'd you'd feel like you're getting away with anything bad. But uh, I don't know. That's a long, long time ago for me now. It's uh, So, no, I don't think that really came into play with, with making this. But I do feel like I'm getting away with murder being a game developer. So, you know, Craig, Craig and I both, you know, we quit our jobs to do this full time. So we're taking a huge risk. But, you know, then you, we live in a small community, so everybody knows what we're up to. And I imagine some of them probably think that we're just being childish and immature and, you know, irresponsible. And, you know, we both have kids. <laughs> it's like, uh, but you know what? It's At, at some point, you just got to go screw, screw all that, man. This is our dream. This is what we're going to do. So, yeah. How did you how did you find balancing uh, your your life as a fa as a family man and as a game developer? 
Um, uh, difficult at times, but actually pretty good. Uh, my wife is really supportive, so she she works. She believes in this project like crazy, probably more than we do even. Um, uh, so, so yeah, she totally, she works to support and the, my kids are a bit older. My oldest is, you know, 17. My youngest is, is eight. Um, and so they manage themselves pretty good. It's not like Craig's got kids in diapers still. So it's, uh, <laughs> probably that'll be a much more difficult <laughs> thing for you. What do you say? Yeah, it's been difficult. And, uh, um, yeah, just decided to take the chance with, uh, you know, try to get this game done and, and really hoping that it's going to take off and just lead to making the next game. So, yeah, um, I mean, that's the dream right there. So, yeah. So I know you probably haven't had too much time, um, in, in, in recent, recently to play video games, what with making your own and getting close now to the release, but have you had time to play, uh, any more recent video games? Um, (laughs) probably not Craig, but I have, um, what have I been playing though? What what have I been talking about lately? Firewatch. Firewatch. Yeah, I played through that. We, I've really been enjoying like the the you know the story adventure games like Firewatch and Gone Home. Um, I I recently broke out like Halo Three because somehow I missed that one in the franchise, so I was playing that. Um, Rocket, I don't know Rocket League. Oh, Rocket League. Yeah, my my kids are avid gamers, so I often just end up you know watching them play, but um, they're all way better than I am. But. Yeah, I, I, it, it is actually hard to to play games when you're when you're working on games, but I think it's a necessary thing to do. You get a lot of ideas and inspirations, and you need to compare your your own game every now and then, just to see how it feels. So, did you find any inspiration from more recent games while you worked on this project? Hmm, I don't know. Well, probably um, for Daryl, I would assume Super Mario. Oh yeah, Super Mario Galaxy. I mean, the ones that we've already listed. Um, actually, an interesting one would be the Talos Principle. Uh, it's not one that you would de- you would compare to our game side by side at all. But there's certainly elements in that game that that fueled ideas that we had kind of been been thinking about and, and working on. Uh, most, mostly on the story side of things, the way you interact through a computer and uh, and that kind of stuff. I have you played that one or? I, I have, uh, and I played it at a show once, like at a convention. I haven't had more opportunity to delve into it. Okay. Um, but it, it definitely, you know, certainly aesthetically, I can see how your games are similar. Um, maybe not, like, necessarily, they're not, like, doing neon spaceships flying around, but there, <laughs> but there definitely is a starkness to both of them um, mm-hmm. that, that sort of resonates. Um you mentioned uh, that you were playing Firewatch and Gone Home, more narrative-driven uh, games. Would that be something that you'd want to do in the future, post-Historia? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's probably the direction that we're going to go next. So, um, Craig is amazing at coming up with stories and ideas and fitting them all together and you know working out all the details. Um, you know, everything needs to fit together like a, a perfect puzzle, which is which is awesome in a writer. So um, yeah, we we've got some ideas on the on the back burner there that we'll probably keep pretty close at the moment. So um, Distoria, it's coming out twenty um, first. Uh, you know what what do you? It's very soon, uh, only a few weeks away. How how how's this last uh, how's this last how's this home stretch been going for you? 
<laughs> uh, busy, man. Yeah, like the the endless bug list. You know, it, it's finally down to like you know where there's like one or two bugs trickling through that that we're aware of instead of you know two hundred. Um, so just hammering away at that, and then um, we've been working with uh, IndieHound, which is our publisher, and they've they've been awesome, man. Like at this point, you know, like it's really hard to finish a game, and then if you think that you know finishing a game, that's actually just your starting line, you know, you have to actually sell it and market it and get it out to people and and do all of that, man. Uh, like we're just super super grateful for the IndieHound guys to. Um, you know, make a lot of connections, like even for this conversation, you know, just to help get us in touch with the media. And, you know, we see articles popping up all over the internet now, and it's just like, that's, that's happening because of those guys. So that's a huge, huge load off of us, which has really allowed us to hopefully have a strong finish with, with actually, you know, packaging the game and getting it to be what we want it to. So, but yeah, it's, it's certainly been stressful. I'm sleeping a lot here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Are, are you planning any post-release support for the game? Like, obviously, you, I, I imagine you want to patch things if there are issues, but do you plan to expand the game out further uh, after release? Hmm. The, there's no immediate plans for any DLC or anything like that. Um, we have decided early on, though, that if we do any DLC, it's going to be free for people that own the game already. Um, so it just probably more like in the form of updates. Uh, you know, we can always add new ships, we can add new objectives or, or new uh, achievements, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, we, we do have some development plans to continue the game, get a little bit more out of it, and, and especially based on user feedback. I mean, you know, once people start playing it, if they have some great ideas, um, you know, we can, we can implement them probably pretty quickly if they're good, uh, which is a great part about, you know, being such a small team. We don't have a lot of red tape to cut through if we want to try something. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see how the community responds to it, and if they they have some great ideas, and you know, I I want to be that developer that definitely puts those things in and says, hey, you guys asked for it, here it is, boom, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think that will uh, that'll do it. I mean, we we've gone from the from the beginnings to to uh, to the near future, so. I guess we'll leave it there for today. Thank you for speaking with me and speaking with the Video Gamesman audience. Um, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or hear news? Um, the best place, uh, if you if you want to get in touch with, with us, probably you can just tweet at us at uh, uh, Distoria Game or uh, www.distoria.com or uh, we have Instagram, Facebook, um, just by searching the game name or by searching Tricoastal Games, you should be able to get in touch with us. So, and we'd love to hear from anybody too. Well, I'm rather happy with how that turned out. It wasn't my best interview. I uh, sometimes found myself a little unsure where to go from questions. I probably set myself up too much for that. Uh, I really wanted to get at. I, I find you know games with. It was sort of sci-fi aesthetics to be really interesting, and I, I think that I wanted to delve more into that. Um, and, but of course, I mean, we live in an era where most video game interviews are, are just blatant attempts to get headlines for clickbait articles. So I could certainly understand how um, my poorly worded questions were were, were sometimes misconstrued. Uh, but on the whole, you know, it was a fun interview. Uh, I've not played the game, so I can't speak to its quality yet. Hopefully. They'll send a long review copy. And if so, I'll let everybody know. 
what I think about it. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out on this space uh, for um, more content from us. I promise there will be more stuff coming up on this feed, uh, at least in the foreseeable future. And I'm going to keep uh, working on trying to get some more interviews for people to listen to and hopefully, you know, create some content that, that really, you know, jazzes people up. That really gets really gets your really gets your jazz music going. So with that, I'm gonna ask that you uh, like or subscribe to us in any capacity, whether via social media, uh, the podcast app, um, or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, check us out. Um, easy enough to find us, and easy enough to to hear our opinions about things, and just to hear our takes. And you know what? To get our perspectives. If that's what you care about. It's what I care about. Is sharing not only mine, but also hearing other people. So I imagine that there are people out there who feel the same way. Well, that's been the video games then for this week. I've been Rob Zakes, and expect to hear from us again soon.